I want the city of Rockford to be one of the most welcoming, inclusive communities. Uh, I want the city of Rockford to be a place that people are proud to say, I'm not from Chicago, I'm from Rockford. I'm not from a suburb, I'm from Rockford. I want people to have uh, walkable, uh, connected neighborhoods that they feel safe in. And I want them to feel that when they raise a family here, that they know no matter what zip code, no matter what neighborhood they're from, that every single child has the opportunity to succeed, get a good education, be safe, and have good employment uh, in our city. Welcome to the 205 Vibe. And I know I say this when we do our our shows here, um, but I mean it. We, we have great guests. But today I am extremely excited I, this is an, an interview i've been looking forward to and it's with none other than uh, the mayor of the city of rockford tom mcnamara thanks Earl, for having me on i'm really excited to be with you i really appreciate you taking the time out uh mayor you, of course uh, you have a vis- very busy schedule and so we're always very appreciative um you know, excited to be here take the time out to do it you know where i typically like to start um because one of the things the, the the listeners to the to the podcast um it just we try to give them a little bit of a more of an in-depth mm-hmm. uh, kind of knowledge about the the individual that we're speaking with and so with you um for those of the of the people who don't know you um i always like to start out with um you know just kind of you know knowing your background and your the history and your family um talk first about kind of your your family background and um, you know you if you have a, you have your own family now but just talk about kind of your, your upbringing and where you came from and kind of a little just a just a, a quick idea of how you got here perfect so I will bring you from the present day backwards I guess is probably the best way I can do it uh, so most importantly I'm the husband of uh, Sarah Reed McNamara who I do not deserve and we have two beautiful kids that thank God uh, look like Sarah and that is uh, Malachi John who is 21 months old and Olympia Rose who turns three years old in about eight days and so that is uh, really just a, a been a blessing for me Um little bit about myself and my family. So born and raised on the west side of Rockford. Uh, my father did a, a number of more public positions from being mayor of the, of the city of Rockford to uh, working at William Charles and then uh, ending uh, his working career at Rockford University. Uh, but probably something most people don't realize is that my mother probably has served on more boards and committees than my father has. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Did she, I know that. She's super, uh, a super engaged volunteer and someone who just dives in and does the work. Uh, as my dad would tell you, uh, women do and men talk, and my mom <laughs> is uh, certainly a, a doer. Uh, so I'm youngest of six siblings. Uh, there's a 15-year gap between me and my oldest brother, John, which I hope he listens to this and hears that, and there's 15 years. Um, and I think probably the most important thing just growing up, uh, I, I was I was blessed to be in the family I'm in, right? Um, I had this unbelievable experience to see all aspects of the city of Rockford at a very, very early age. And I would say the other thing I've been, I was really fortunate with is my parents never said, hey, you got to do this. Hey, you got to do that. The only thing they really stressed is give back in whatever you do. Um, That going to work and coming home wasn't a full-time job. Going to work and going to school and coming home wasn't a full-time job. 
you had to give something back to the community. So I think probably one of the neatest things that my parents would be able to say is every single one of their kids gives back to the community in their own special way, but they all give back uh, to the communities that they live in. That Thank you for that. I mean, that is powerful. And I've actually seen it manifest itself just personally. I, I serve on the board with your sister yeah. Mary, on the YMCA board yeah. of directors. Uh, and I, you know, you're, your father, obviously someone who I've known most of my life, um, you know, he hired my mother when he was mayor uh, to work actually in the human resources department. And we, I met him just as an early age and just happened to develop a relationship and got to know him over the years. And so um, that's that's fantastic. Well, he's uh, a big fan of yours and he's probably a bigger <laughs> fan of your mom's. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's understandably so. Um, one of the things, when, cause, you know, we, we when we talk about... Um, you know your background, and so and thank you for that. Um, you you were you were. Is it fair to say you were kind of you know, the schools you went to, parochial schools? Um, um, you know your Catholic upbringing, and you ended up you know in, 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 I believe Boylan is where you graduated. I went from. Boylan. Um, however, there's lots of people. Don't hold me. Don't hold that against me. All right. Not hold that against right. you. My question is. Um, one of the things that I've noticed about you just in your tenure as mayor so far is that you've uh, embraced kind of the public school system and uh, you're in our schools all the time. And that's not to say that you don't uh, also do things, um, you know, for, for the other schools in the city. Um, but how has your um, that upbringing that, you know, growing up and, and being educated in, in kind of Catholic schools and how has that shaped how you your value system and kind of how you lead and make decisions wow so i would say probably the place that shaped the most was i went to a really small jesuit school uh for college called john carroll university probably everyone listening to this doesn't know where that is or what it is uh it's a small school in cleveland ohio uh but they everything was about service uh, I mean, every class you had a community service project with every single class and uh, just getting out. I think one of the biggest things uh, in my position, you know, people think you have a lot of power as mayor, but really you have pretty limited power if you don't know how to use it. And so the power that I think the office has is one of convening people together, bringing folks of different backgrounds or different organizations together to tackle a big issue. Uh, it also has a power of a microphone. If uh, there is a, a big community concern, you can call a press conference and people show up. But also I think it has a power that uh, isn't always tapped in elected office, but it's power of presence. Um, and I think uh, for me, getting out to the public schools, like yesterday I was at uh, Spring Creek Elementary, I, I can't tell you how impressed I was and also nervous. I, the hardest questions to any elected official come from third and fourth graders <laughs> because they know when you're not answering the question um, and they let you know that. Um, but these kids were just so impressive. And honestly, I do it to get out and talk to the kids and talk to them about city government and talk to them about the city of Rockford and tell them I want them to do great in school and be good buddies, be good listeners, do all that stuff. But I'd be lying if I didn't tell you I have to do it for myself. Um, my job can be a little bit stressful at times, and 
um, sometimes wear on you. And I don't know, there's something about walking into Rockford Public Schools and the ambassador programs that you guys have. I mean, there's something about seeing that smiling face of that young person who is so eager to meet you and so eager to tell you all the awesome things that are going inside the school. So every single time I go, I make sure I get to talk to an ambassador. And yesterday it was Gabby. And Gabby told me everything I needed to know about Spring Creek. And she did it with such excitement and in such a unique way that I could have talked to the principal. And I did, but I could have talked to the principal for 30 minutes. I wouldn't have gotten that same perspective. And it's just a unique perspective. And I I absolutely love the ambassador program that you guys have going. Thank you. Thank you. There's a lot of great people who put a lot of work into that. And you're right. It's really about those those students and those kids who are so excited to talk about their school. Um, you know, so you just, you just mentioned something about, um, you talked a little bit about the power of the, you know, the office and how to use it wisely. Um, you know, you, you, you and talk, I'm by no means an expert. It's <laughs> okay. It's okay. But you talked a little, you also talked about, um, uh, you know, this, how, you know, when you, you're out talking about how city government works, for people who we, we all have our own kind of ideas about what a mayor does or what a mayor, I'm sure you hear a lot about what a mayor should do, uh-huh. um, but just a glimpse into what that role entails for people who are listening and just want to just to get a, a sense of, you know, what's the, what's the day like? What's the what's the week? What's the life of a of the mayor of a city uh, of this size? I mean, what does that look like in terms of? making decisions and policy and some of the other things that that you have to deal with. So I'll give you a couple of things. And I think every mayor or every elected uh, official can do it differently. And there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, And there's no one uh, correct way. I'll tell you a typical day for me is I, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty early riser. So I'll wake up around four 30 and I, I doesn't take me a whole lot of time to get ready. So I am pretty much up and out uh, of my house pretty early. And uh, I usually start with making sure I'm responding to all the basic communications, the emails, the social media, everything I do, I'll communicate all that out by about 7 a.m. Then I start with meetings. And those meetings could be with business executives, uh, Dr. Jarrett, uh, Dawn Granith with the REA, whoever those meetings are, nonprofits, basically uh, hearing their concerns and typically if they've risen to my position they're typically larger concerns mm-hmm. because I, i'm really blessed at the city to have just an unbelievable staff so if they've risen to my level they're larger concerns that i have to meet one-on-one with individuals to understand or bring two different groups that are having a, a an issue or a conflict bring them together over a meeting uh, to see how we can move forward together um so i'll have those meetings throughout the day then you know i'll end the evening typically at a neighborhood meeting and i'll get home you know around 9 nine thirty at night maybe 10 and uh then I try to spend every second I can at home with my kids and my wife and start the day all over. I would say the one interesting thing about uh, the mayor's office, you don't get vacation time, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of interesting to think. I mean, I, I do take a vacation. I take mm-hmm. five days off at the end of July every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but even when I'm on vacation, I'm still the mayor of the city of Rockford. So if something happens and it has, you need to come back and you need to address whatever it is. And so, 
we have a great staff. So everything for the listeners, everything from your water that's being delivered to your home and your schools and your businesses to uh, public uh, police and fire services to all the street maintenance, the snow removal, Lord, the snow removal, um, <laughs> every issue that you can think of in some way or form, the city of Rockford's touching. And we do that with one-third less professional staff than any other of our uh, comparable cities in the state of Illinois. Fascinating. Um, and, and so that's a, I appreciate that because, you know, as I mentioned, everyone kind of has a, an idea what they think that looks like. But um, obviously you have a, a very busy schedule. You, you talked about, you, you mentioned every, you know, everybody who does it could, can do it differently or has mm-hmm. done it differently. Um do you do you seek advice from former mayors or who who do you who do you talk to when you uh, kind of need someone to just say hey what what do you think about this decision like uh, do you who do you where do you get good advice from so I seek a lot of advice uh, from a lot of different people and I try to focus on their area of expertise right so certainly uh, previous mayors uh, I'm fortunate I have one in my uh, uh, family. Uh, but quite honestly, I, I've spoken quite a bit with Mayor Box. I've spoken uh, with Mayor Doug Scott, Mayor Morrissey. Each one did certain things incredibly well. And each one dealt with certain issues that now I'm dealing with. Uh, I mean, quite honestly, one of the most difficult days of my mayorship thus far was uh, when we lost Officer Cox. Well, my dad never dealt with that. Mayor Morrissey never dealt with that. Mayor Box never dealt with that. So I put a phone call into uh, Mayor Scott, who did deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, wherever those people who have experienced things, uh, I've reached out to. I, I've reached out quite a bit to Einer Forsman over at the chamber. He used to be a city administrator. He understands uh, the political end as well as the business end of things. Uh, I meet uh, once a month with Dr. Jared about different issues. Um, I also meet with a couple of uh, faith leaders. Uh, Pastor Board is someone over at Pilgrim Baptist I talk to on a pretty regular basis. Pastor Pay out at Heartland Community Church I talk to. I just had lunch with yesterday uh, and talk on a regular basis. And some of my conversations are, quite honestly, much more personal. Uh, It's more the work-life balance, things of that nature, how you get through some of these larger issues while still... uh, leading a community. I mean, some of these issues are really weighty and uh, they can uh, take a toll on you. Speaking of weighty issues, um, so one of the things that I know we hear in our schools uh, often, uh, we hear this term, you know, trauma-informed, social-emotional issues uh, with a lot of our students. Um, One of the centerpieces of your administration uh, has been a focus on domestic violence. And you you have been consistent in making sure that uh, that initiative moves forward. Um, how do you think? Uh, wh- why did I guess? Why did you choose that as kind of a focal point for your administration? And how do you think that impacts our society or impacts our city in a way that needs to be uh, addressed at at your level? So, I would say this: not one person listening to this podcast has not been affected by domestic violence if they know it or they don't know it so quick and dirty of domestic violence uh i think it probably chose me i you have you know i happen to be mayor at a time that 35 percent of all of our city's violent crime is domestic related where 75 percent of every juvenile arrested for a violent crime 
had domestic violence going on in their home when they were a young person or were a direct victim of domestic violence, uh, the trauma our kids are seeing in their home is so real and so sad to me. And we have so many amazing we have so many amazing people, so many amazing organizations that do awesome work. So what I'm about to say, I don't want anyone to take as uh, me placing blame on any of those. They do everything we want them to do and more. Their employees are phenomenal. The simple fact is, so they're spread out throughout the community. And when you are a survivor of domestic violence and you have two young kids, you don't have... If you, and if you're fortunate to own a car in Rockford, it's going to take you about five hours to go to all 20 organizations that you could go to to get services. Uh, at each one of those 20 locations, we're asking these incredibly courageous survivors to retell their story, their horrific story that occurred to them. So we're re-traumatizing these individuals. I don't think that I, it's not consistent with my values as a person. I do not believe it's consistent with the city of Rockford's. And I don't think it's what we're all meaning to do. I think it's just what we've always done. So what I am trying to push for is a family justice center. Family Justice Center, nuts and bolts of it, is a one-stop shop that an individual and their family who have been negatively impacted by domestic violence can walk through these doors and, number one, feel that they've been believed. Number two, feel that uh, they have an entire community of resources all at their fingertips, all in one building, that there's a central intake so that each time they get services, if it's from a... Uh, uh, the police, the state's attorney, uh, legal services, health services, social services, they only need to tell that really difficult story once. And everyone else will understand and have uh, services ready and tailored for them and their family. Uh, and the third thing I think it does is uh, this Family Justice Center will provide a sense of hope. Hope that uh, that tomorrow's going to be a better day for them and their kids and that uh, there are people who care about them and love them because often uh, and a vast majority are men, uh, but often these uh, predators uh, rip every single thing out of an individual's life and take con complete control and power away from them. If it's financially, if it's physically, whatever that, or emotionally, they just rip them apart and so when they're courageous enough to step forward, I think it's on us to uh, embrace them with open arms and wrap our arms around them and tell them we love them and we're here to help them. You know, I've heard you talk about this before. This is why I, I love doing this. Is you know, So I've heard you talk about this, but um, I, I, I kind of just, I, to hear you talk about it again, and it sounds like kind of the, the end game, right, is this Family Resource Center. And I think that's important and powerful for people to know that, you know, that at the end, I mean, that is what we're that's the end goal is what we're after. It's kind of this one stop shop uh, where people who need these services can go. So I, I really appreciate kind of, you know, providing that clarity around, you know, there's a there's a there's a not only just a purpose, but there's a there's a goal here that we, we want to make sure that we reach at the end of this. Certainly. I mean, think about it. 23% uh, of our homicides last year were, were intimate partner homicides. We're early in 2019, but 66% of our homicides this year have been uh, domestic violence incidents. It, uh, it honestly, when you learn more about it, I, you have to be a pretty cold person not to feel emotionally invested in it because it, Think about if you're a young person growing up in a home 
you're nine years old. You're growing up in a home that domestic violence is occurring. Your mother may be getting abused. Uh, and now we're sending you to school. That kid's not focusing on his studies. He's worried about his safety, his mother's safety, his sister's safety, whatever that may be. I think it's incumbent on me to try to remove those barriers from that child. Um, teachers have a hard enough job as, as it is. I mean, uh, they talk about courageous, amazing people. It's teachers. Um, I'm not a teacher. I don't run Rye for public schools. My job is to make sure that we provide safe uh family-friendly environments for anyone who calls Rockford home. And this is one avenue I can do that. So to, to expound deeper on that, uh, that topic, um, obviously, um, you, you know, I, I read uh, you know, the literature and some of your, the, the, um, the emails and things that you all send out, obviously f crime and fighting crime um, is, is, is very important for a lot of people in the city. Um, the perception of our city um, do you think we get a bad rap? I mean, how do you think we're, you know, are we are we unlike any other city? Uh, what what do you think? What what would you how would you explain, um, you know, how we're dealing with um, just all the various, uh, you know, some of the crimes that take place and the work that the police are doing? Um, how do you think we're doing there? And do you think Rockford we get a bad rap sometimes as it relates to to crime? Yeah. So first, I would say our city council and myself have made public safety a top priority. We increased the police force to over 300 officers. We invested more than $3 million in technolo into technology. Uh, we have a phenomenal chief and Chief Dan O'Shea, who's built a tremendous leadership team. We have a plan uh, and we're working it and that plan does work. Uh, we have seen uh, about an 18% reduction in violent crime from 2016 to 2018. At month after month, we're seeing continuous reductions in violent crime. So what we're doing works, but I'll be the first to tell you, uh, we're nowhere near where we want to be, need to be, or where our citizens deserve us to be. I would say uh, we are sometimes our own worst enemy when it comes to public safety and the perception. Uh, uh, just being incredibly blunt, we have uh, some news organizations that uh, use it as clickbait. Uh, if they, if you know, if it bleeds, uh, uh, people read it, and um, it's really frustrating. Uh, I think it's a, a weak, uh, a weak way to do journalism. I think uh, it's a really lazy way to do it, um, and I think uh, we have. Uh, three news organizations in the city of Rockford, uh, TV news stations. And that's a lot of news stations for a city our size. So we get a lot more publicity on any issue, good, bad, and indifferent, mm -hmm. right? So it, it's true. good. It's a blessing and it's a curse. Um, I just wish we dove deeper into the stats and to the work that is being done as opposed to this one-off crime. I mean, I know people who have been victims of crime. My home has been a victim of crime, but I also understand that overall the statistics don't lie. They're not fake stats uh, and that violent crime is reducing month after month. So um, I think it's on all of us to make sure that we are actually getting true information. We're not just uh, believing what we read either online or in the news all the time. Um, th there's nothing that breaks my heart more than when I hear... Um you know, particularly a young person, a young person who either, you know, has, loses their life or has committed uh, some some crime against someone else. Um, what, do, what do you, you know, when we talk about youth violence and youth crime, it's just, um, 
it just does something to my to my spirit and my soul. What do you think uh, that a city can do, a mayor can do, um, when it comes to um, trying to reach our youth um, and and show them something different, show them something better? Um, you know, what, what, how can you use your position in your office to help uh, address some some of those issues? So I'll be the first to tell you, number one, I need to do a lot more than what I'm doing. Obviously, uh, what we as a community are doing is not working 100%. I mean, when you look at the last two national holidays, Martin Luther King Day and uh, President's Day, two days that kids weren't in school, there happened to be two shootings uh, of a juvenile on another juvenile. Uh, I don't see that as a coincidence. Uh, I think if you go back through holidays where kids are out of school, often uh, more criminal activity happens with juveniles. Um, so to directly answer your question, some of the things that we do is, one, we've created a mayor and uh, chairman's youth advisory council. Uh, we've redu- Typically in those youth advisory councils, you get the straight-A students who are part of it. Me and Chairman Frank Haney didn't want that. I'm sure we have some that are straight-A students, but what we wanted were people who uh, showed potential for leadership, uh, potential for changing their community. So we now have kids from all across the county, uh, a totally diverse and awesome group of kids who are part of this Youth Advisory Council and are going back and being advocates for change in their own schools and in their community, especially around things like teen dating violence. Uh, I try to get to two schools a week if it's possible. And I hope that the presence there and talking to them about what they can become and that I really hope that they're the next mayor, uh, I hope that gets to them. Um, There's a lot of things I can do. I I think we're also really fortunate to have the park district. They do a lot of after-school programs. They do programs uh, on those holidays. Uh, They have a a tremendous summer programs that they uh, put forward. Uh, But we do need to do a better job as a city to make sure that these efforts are aligned and incredibly purposeful. And I think you look at all these... uh, when I say smaller initiatives, I don't mean that they are any less impactful. Actually, sometimes the smaller organizations are doing a heck of a lot better than big organizations sure, like mine sure. or even yours, sure, you know. Sure. Um, but I think we need to uh, make sure that they're all rowing in the same direction and that they're all aligned. And I think that's an area I haven't accomplished uh, and an area I really want to focus on in 2019. I mean, you look at some amazing organizations, if it's 100 strong, why isn't the city of Rockford doing more partnerships with them? If it's uh, KFACT, why aren't we doing more partnerships with them? They have proven outcomes and they're doing a great job. You you talked about how public safety has been a much more of a focal point and a focus for uh, the city council, yourself. You said you added some officers. In the past, we've heard, you know we've we've heard about how that can also be. Um, you know, somewhat burdensome on the budget. Um, we, we've talked about, about the, you know, some of those pensions and other issues. It doesn't appear that it's been a focus of yours. Um, how how do how I, 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 I'm sure the issue has not necessarily gone away, um, but but I'm curious as to how have you been able to kind of work better. Um, uh, you know, around that that issue, around uh, dealing with the, the financial aspects of, of uh, our police and fire unions. So we deal with it every day. Um, 
It is. When I walked into office, we had $156 million cumulative deficit over eight years. Our entire budget is $139 million. So uh, what I did initially is I asked citizens to come forward and serve on a citizen-led uh, task force to look at our budget. They went through every department, provided 70 recommendations, and we instituted every one of them but about three. Then we filed for a grant through the National Resource Network, brought them in. They provided recommendations. Now we are down to, over the next seven years, about a $75 million cumulative deficit. So we've more than uh, cut our projected deficit in half while adding officers. Uh, but there's a give and take. I have to free up money from another area to provide this. It, it's just, uh, it's a priority. And, uh, you know, as uh, my parents always tell me, you can tell someone's priorities pretty quickly if you look at their budget. Mayor, we uh, we only we only know what we hear, what we read in the media, right? About some of the things that that happen around our city. Um, when we talk about some of the very important work that needs to take place between uh, city government and county government, uh, what appears to be some communication challenges between the county board office and some of the county board members? Um, how does that impact some of those important uh, some of the important challenges, some of the important work that you all need to accomplish together? Yeah, so I think that's a really wonderful question. Um, in some regards, has little impact, right? It's in a different uh, uh, government, but in many regards, uh, because we're so intertwined, uh, it has a tremendous impact. So, you know, I, I'm not the person that can sit here and say exactly what is happening. I'm not over there, and I'm a big believer, don't be a Monday morning quarterback to a situation you've never been involved in uh, and are pretty distant from. Uh, but what I will say is it, it does have a big impact. Uh, you know, it, number one, it brings a focus away from why we're all in office. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, for myself at least, I'm in office to make sure that I leave my community, my hometown of Rockford, a better place than the way I came into office. Um, I didn't come into office to focus on personalities, and I think a, a lot of the discussion I'm seeing in the newspaper at least, and again, I'm just reading what everyone else is, it seems like the controversies are around people and not policy. Uh, and there's good conversations about people. How can we improve educational attainment? How can we improve neighborhoods? That's conversations about people. But the conversations we're seeing are really about personalities and egos, uh, as it appears to me. Uh, so there's that uh, impact. Uh, it takes away from the focus. Um, the second impact is there's since we're so intertwined, you look at 911 services, you look at animal control, you look at board of elections, you look at how we address blight with the trustee program. Those are true uh, connections that we have that, quite honestly, are being delayed because either we're not sure who's pulling the strings or who's in charge or who we should be communicating with. So what we've done at the city to adjust is we've broadened our net, uh, so to say, of who we communicate with. Um, so we, we communicate with the chairman, uh, we communicate with the county administrator, and now we have broadened that to communicate with the caucus chairs of both the Democrat and Republican parties of the county board. Some would argue, well, you should have been doing that from the beginning. Maybe we should have been, but traditionally that's not how communication has come. Uh, so I would say we've definitely had to broaden that net, engage more people. So that takes more time naturally. Um, but, you know, I'm confident we're, we're moving forward as a community and we're going to get through this as uh, 
been said in the past, this too shall pass, and we'll just uh, keep marching forward. Uh, we got a lot of work to do to make the city a place uh, I want to raise my kids, a place that your listeners want to raise their kids, and a safe community that every child has the same opportunities to succeed that I've had. Thank you, I, and I really appreciate your candor, you know, in answer. I, I always appreciate that. I, I also want to ask you about, you know, you you, you talked about you you're you're in, you visit a lot of places, you're in the community a lot, you attend a lots of events. Um, when you're out talking to people, like, what are some of the top issues that come to mind? Like, what what are what are, what are the Rockford residents most concerned about? I'd say that's pretty easy. I would say the number one concern residents have is public safety. That's why we put such an emphasis. We've increased the police force. We've increased the engagement with our resident officer community keeper homes. We've done uh, increased uh, technology. Second issue outside of public safety is probably uh, education. They want to make sure that their kids uh, are getting a good education. Um, And so I I think a a lot of that burden uh, for us at the city is through our Head Start program. So we were really proud of the partnership we were able to work uh, through with Rockford Public Schools this year to make sure that there's more kids going, uh, having the opportunity to go through Head Start, that we've doubled the number of kids in early Head Start, and that we've doubled the number of hours that kids who are four and five in our Head Start program are in the classroom. Uh, But that also puts a lot of burden on your team at Rockford Public Schools. I mean, you're always trying to improve, right? Nothing's acceptable until uh, you're probably long gone, right? Um, So education is the second one, and the third one is probably also pretty easy. Uh, And all three of these can be intertwined. So it's public safety at school, and it's taxes. Um, People are concerned about their taxes, and I would say, uh, you know, a lot of credit goes to Rockford Public Schools, uh, I believe. Believe and don't hold this against me, but I believe it's the seventh year in a row the Rockford Public Schools have either kept their tax levy flat or reduced it, and uh, the city of Rockford filed suit, so we're on year six. So, But really, if you look at our community, Rockford Public Schools led the charge of taxing bodies holding their property tax levy flat um, or reducing it. Um, and so what about some of those other issues, though, when you, you know, particularly when you after a kind of a tough winter, do you do you often do you hear anything about I know people, you know, that, that people you hear a lot about the streets and public works. You're limited in that, whatever you know about that. What do you, what do you hear? Or do you hear anything about all oh, the streets and then, the, you know, potholes, et cetera, oh, yeah. et cetera? I mean, so uh, what's what's what? Yeah. How do you how let's be real, you? Earl. Uh, <laughs> most people think that I, I'm the one who caused us to have all the snow. Uh, most people I talk to think I caused all the ice. And most people I've talked to think I'm the one who's personally at fault for all the potholes. So, um, yeah. So what we've done is, uh, you know, think about this. So uh, every time we call our crews out to do a residential plowing, uh-huh. that costs the city of Rockford $200,000. Wow. People don't understand wow. how much that is. Uh, we have dropped as of about eight days ago, uh, and today's the 27th, we have dropped 15,000 tons of salt on our streets. We, in an entire season, drop 15,000 tons of salt. That's a lot of salt. we, We still have a month and a half left to go, six weeks of real hardcore winter. Uh, and so we're going to potentially nearly double the amount of salt that we've dropped. So, and people say, you know, get more crews out there. People have to understand we have one third 
the number of staff people that any of our comparable cities have in the state of Illinois. The same people who are patching potholes are the same people who are plowing streets, Mm. who are the same people who answer your calls when you call public works. We don't have this mystery staff that comes in. uh, So our team is really running ragged. So we have to do a number of things. One, we have to make sure it's safe for people to get to and from work, to and from school, to and from uh, their faith facilities. We also have to make sure that we're doing it budget conscious. Otherwise, people don't want their taxes to go up. And we also have to do it with safety of our employees in mind. And we have to make sure that we're doing that uh, and really focusing on all three of those all at the same time, which makes it difficult. But we have an unbelievable staff, an unbelievable uh, uh, employee base who are totally committed to making sure that they do their best work every day. That's outstanding. And and a lot of that's, that's, you know, kudos to all those folks who do a, a lot of important work for our city. As we wind up here, Mayor, there's little, I, I just wanted to get your idea on, and this is kind of the same question, but kind of just what what do you what makes a good city, and what is kind of your vision for the future of Rockford? Wow. So um, I often get uh, uh, criticism that people don't think I have this like huge overarching vision, um, but, but, but mine's pretty mind, simple. Though, yeah, but um, when, when you look at when you we 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 both from born and raised here, and, and, and it, it, it's different for everyone. Everyone has their own kind of idea of home, and you know all the some of the some of the great amenities and aesthetics and great things to do in a good city, and it varies. But I'm just curious as to as far as Rockford is concerned. So. I'll just be really upfront. Uh, the community, I've looked at this as a mayor, but I also look at this as a father. So I have a really gorgeous three-year-old daughter, Olympia Rose, and a little dude named Malachi John, who's 22 months old. And I look at this as uh, not just for them, but for every child um, in our community. I want the city of Rockford to be one of the most welcoming, inclusive communities. Uh, I want the city of Rockford to be a place that people are proud to say, I'm not from Chicago. I'm from Rockford. I'm not from a suburb. I'm from Rockford. I want people to have uh, walkable, uh, connected neighborhoods that they feel safe in. And I want them to feel that when they raise a family here, that they know no matter what zip code, no matter what neighborhood they're from, that every single child has the opportunity to succeed, get a good education, be safe, and have good employment uh, in our city. You, you, one of the things that you said and that I, I attended your last uh, State of the City address, you ended on this, and I love that you know the big ideas, right? You talked about Rockford Promise and the idea of uh, of us coming together around the idea of providing you know college, uh, free tuition college to to our to our students moving forward. Why why did you make that kind of the focal point for in terms of your your speech, your address, and as something that you just aspire for for our city? Um, what are your thoughts around that? So I think one of the biggest barriers to anyone, if you're low income or middle class, uh, to improving uh, where you're at in life is education. I mean, they're uh, they're intricately involved and, and woven together. So my job is to reduce barriers. And I really believe um, one of those barriers is a financial barrier. So if we can do anything to alleviate that barrier, to make sure that anyone, any child who calls Rockford home 
has the same opportunities to succeed that I did when I grew up, then we're living in a good Rockford. We're not there yet. Uh, we, uh, I have a lot more work to do. That board is doing great work. They moved from 22 scholarships to this year, 28 scholarships. So it sounds small, but think about that. That's 28 lives that have been forever changed. If they go one year in college or four years, graduate uh, magna cum laude or just you know, C's get degrees. That life has been changed. And that means their children's life have been changed. So we are making a tremendous impact and we need to make sure that college is free for everyone. Last, these are fun. These are last fun All questions right. that people look forward to. Uh, so uh, Mayor Tom McNamara, I know you, your busy schedule. Um, it's your birthday. It's Father's Day. It's whatever day. And you want to go eat your favorite meal somewhere. What, what would your what would your go to favorite meal be, uh, or is there a particular place that you like? So to I eat my eat? I eat my favorite meals every day. Um, <laughs> it is it's pizza, tacos, and hamburgers. <laughs> And I am uh, not the model of health uh, for anyone, um, but uh, I think Rockford has some of the best pizzas. So there's a million places. Last night, for the first time, had Salamone's North Pizza, delicious. John's Pizza on 11th, delicious. I'm really upset that El Tamori's is no longer open, but uh, we're a pizza family. Awesome. Um, if you if we uh, if we jump in your car or if you're at home and you're just chilling, <laughs> uh, you're hanging out and you you listen, you turn on some tunes. Uh, what, what are you listening to? What, what kind of music do you do you listen to? Oh, you God. Just, so I have just groove, when you just groove it. It's hilarious. The idea that you think I can groove, my wife would laugh. <laughs> she would laugh. She'd be like, have you ever seen that man dance? Um, so I like uh, an artist called M. Ward. Uh, he's kind of like an Americana artist. He, it's just awesome. I love his music. I also listen, quite honestly, as boring as it is, a lot of news. Okay. A lot, a lot of news. Okay. And then lastly, um, if you have time, uh, if you're watching a TV show or a movie, do you have like a favorite movie or is there a show that you really has, has captivated you either in the past or something you're watching now? So I don't watch tons of TV. Um, I like any kind of uh, political thriller, any drama. I will say every uh, quite often uh, after a long, long day, I will watch reruns of The Office. I, it just makes me laugh. I don't have to think about it a whole lot. And man, is that a funny show. And so true on too many levels. <laughs> Mayor. Tom McNamara, thank you so very much. I really, really appreciate your time. Uh, this has been fun. Yeah, thanks for having insightful, me. And I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for the work you do and all the teachers and the administration does to make our schools great. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on the 205 Vibe Podcast. If you'd like to comment on the show, please call us at 815-490-4117. Leave us a voice message and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening.